This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Now, Sports Talk with Broads. Here's Hunter Brody. What is going on, everyone? Welcome on into Sports Talk with Broads. We have a Philadelphia Philly squad to talk about. They're in the middle of a four-game set with the Rockies. They take the first two games, and realistically, they're taking advantage of the Rockies' poor defense. That's what's going on. We're so accustomed to seeing miserable defensive outings from the Phillies where balls are going through the left side of the infield, where maybe there's miscommunication between center field and a shortstop going backwards to make a play. But now Kyle Schwarber is getting two RBI doubles because of miscommunication out in left center field, or, or excuse me, right center center field or so balls are just dropping between two defenders beautiful or Iglesias is having a tough time catching the ball over at second base to turn two that's a disaster for the Rockies and then bang the Phillies just score some runs off of that so all around you know I'm proud of the way that this squad is hitting the baseball right now and sure they're finding ways in unorthodox situations for example Last night, Didi Gregorius with a check swing. Here we go. But hey, have at it. Let's go. Take advantage. Put the ball in play, and good things will happen. Reese Hoskins is starting to heat up. Bryce Harper is starting to heat up, although we do have some issues with his arm. And he did try and throw the other day, and it seems that he's battling discomfort still. And who knows when he's ever going to play right field. But maybe you don't need him if Nick Castellanos is going to be jumping 18 feet in the air to catch balls at the right field wall. Are you serious? In what universe did Nick Castellanos really go up and grab it? Good for him. Excellent play. Excellent starting pitching by Zach Eflin. Six innings pitched. You go through a stat line. One earned run. Two hits allowed. One walk batter and three strikeouts. But look, I mean, there's no denying that while the Phillies seem to be doing a bit better with their bats, That was a vomit-worthy defensive effort in the first two games for Colorado. Wild pitches, scoring runs, then poor throws from behind the plate to try and get it back to the pitcher in that same sequence of scoring runs. Iglesias going out towards the outfield trying to make a play. In left field, they're taking five steps backwards. Horrible read on the ball. Now they're trying to pursue forward, and the ball drops. It is an absolute clinic on what not to do 
when it comes to playing defense in baseball. But there's one of two ways you can go when that's the case. You could either not score runs, and then all of us will be frustrated that you're leaving bases loaded. And how can you possibly only score one run when that happens? Instead, boom, 3 nothing. All right, now you're starting to feel a little bit deflated if you're on the Rockies. Except for when Charlie Blackman is at the dish because apparently he's Barry Bonds at Citizens Bank Park. It's wild. I saw a stat where one every 10 at-bats at CBP, he's going long. It's one out of 20 when he's in Colorado. If I'm Dave Dombrowski, I'm picking up the phone going, yo, let's go. Come on over. We need you. Because apparently he's just the greatest baseball player to ever swing the bat whenever he's in that batter's box in South Philadelphia. Two homers. I'm going, you got to be kidding me. He's doing it again. He's the Phillies killer here. It's crazy. What else is crazy is watching what the Mets are doing from a distance. I saw their epic ninth inning comeback win with two outs with Dominic Smith diving headfirst into first base. And they're scoring a multiple runs. The St. Louis Cardinals can't believe what happened. Now I'm watching Max Scherzer on in their dugout on the field, right? Well, not that on the field is the dugout. No, he was in the dugout. But he's mother effing. He's chirping. He's pretty much attacking the St. Louis Cardinals verbally with some attitude. And I'm like, damn, my favorite competitor on my least favorite team. This is going to be so dramatic to have to experience because I love everything about Max Scherzer. And even when he was on the Nationals, Sure, it's an in-division rival, but it's the Washington Nationals. It doesn't even compare a little bit to the pure hatred I have for anybody wearing orange and blue. So from that perspective, it makes it that much more difficult to appreciate one of my favorite athletes ever because of the way that he's wired. Think about how Max Scherzer plays and his intensity. And then think about Ben Simmons. <laughs> it's absolutely hysterical how one is actually inspired to play and give everything he has, and you're not going to break him down. And then Ben Simmons, who's like, ooh, I'm going to wear orange on the bench so I can stand out to the public. What a crazy world we live in. Let's get to Alec Boom, shall we? Alec Boom has been playing phenomenal baseball. You heard that right. He's been playing phenomenal baseball. Not only is he still doing damage at the plate yesterday in game two, he just had an awesome, awesome going the other way hit, extended his arms. It was absolutely tremendous. And it felt like what we saw when he was in the debate of rookie of the year type conversation. That's how smooth the swing was. And I really haven't had an issue at all with anything at the plate this year from him. It was obviously more about the field. Dude, whoa, he's going to grab balls to his left and he's snagging it from whoever's playing shortstop, whether it's Didi Gregorius coming back from injury or Camargo, he's going to the left side. He's taking the ball. He's throwing it over. He had an awesome play yesterday where it's just smooth in rhythm. He's taking the ball. He's zipping it over at first base. Reese Hoskins had to, had to reach a little bit, but I mean, I'm not nitpicking at all. What Alec Bohm is doing defensively, he's clearly gaining his confidence back. They they went with the mentality of over time, you'll see all the hard work he has put in. He is absolutely a thousand percent working on that and has been for a long period of time. It will shine the more opportunities he grabs. 
And it really is night and day from what we saw. There's still going to be moments. He's never going to be anything fantastic, like like actually a fantastic defender. It won't be to that ever. But if this is the steady style of play that you can get, which is really the line for him is make the plays you're supposed to make. I am never going to demand him to be elite, have a Nolan Arenado type glove and make the spectacular plays consistently. That's not going to be in his repertoire. But can Alec Bohm make the professional MLB plays that need to be made on a consistent basis? And he has shown to this point that I'm feeling better about him. I've been his harshest critic. I've also been one of the biggest rooters because there's nothing more I want for him to be able to rake and dominate at the dish, especially with where he's hitting. This lineup is starting to grab momentum. Segura. Reese. Reese has been great the last couple of nights. He had... How many hits did he have yesterday? He might only had one hit yesterday, but he did get an RBIs in there. No, he got two. He got two. He had two hits yesterday, and then in game one of the Rocky series, he ended up having three hits, and he was really squaring up the baseball nice. So Reese is starting to turn around, which... I mean, come on. For everyone saying Reese sucks, Reese is brutal, Reese is pathetic, Reese is overrated. No, Reese is in a slump. I mean, come on now. If you're a baseball fan, Reese is in a slump. He doesn't stink. He's not bad. And I've had my criticism of Reese Hoskins before in the past. But please, let's not overreact. Let's give him a little bit of time. I'm loving the way this lineup is shaking up. You're starting to see everyone kind of get a little bit more confidence and find their groove. Didi Gregorius comes back from injury. Still don't understand the hate towards him from the fan base, but he had two hits. Odubo had two hits and a big-time bomb and a huge double. So he was electric. He's your ninth hole hitter. Two for four, three RBIs, two runs scored, a double and a home run. As your ninth hole hitter. This is what happens every year. Matt Veerling can't snag it. Anyone else? I can't believe I saw Roman Quinn, though. Please. I mean, there's no way. Where the hell is my phone? I have no idea where my phone is. Oh, here it is. There's no way in hell I should ever be watching Roman Quinn play baseball. That's disappointing. That's someone I never thought I'd have to talk about again, in all honesty. A 10-3 to win. Reese is now up to... 233. Oh, no, he did have one hit yesterday. Sorry. The two that I wrote down was the double. Reese Hoskins had a double. It wasn't a two-hit night. He had one hit yesterday. I thought that was correct. He's hitting 233 on the season. Bryce Harper, two for four. He's hitting 246 on the season. Castellanos had a hit in there. That was an RBI single. The one problem I do have, too, with yesterday was when it was a blowout. JT Real Mucho playing first base and then running 3,000% to a pop-up and it was somewhat of a blue pop-up out in right field and he's diving full force. Listen, I love the fact that he's giving you all that energy and he's playing until the last... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Out The final out. 27 outs is the name of the game. But I don't need JT Real Mucho when the Phillies are up 9,000 to be doing that to risk any sort of injury because it's just not worth it. So I thought in that particular moment, let's cool the Jets, please, JT. Over at first base, I do not need you to be diving full force with that type of intensity hitting the dirt. It just doesn't need to happen or hitting the the field at that point because they were more into the outfield. But please, no, I need you behind the dish as much as humanly possible. Let the ball drop. All right? I don't care. It's the ninth inning. You guys are up. You're going to win the damn baseball game. The score was 10-2 to or 10-3 to at that point. I don't need any sort of injuries to happen. Please. Take your foot off the damn gas. One guy I haven't gotten into yet was Gibson. Five and two-thirds, and the first pitch to Connor Joe is out of the ballpark. You're down one nothing. You allow another solo shot, you're down 2 nothing. Luckily enough, though, Schwarber gets that two RBI double that drops because of miscommunication. And prior to that, he had bases loaded and struck out in an earlier inning. And I'm going, oh, no, please, no. Because Schwarbs does have some strikeouts involved. There's no denying that. Let's be real. This team was kind of boring throughout the first 15 games or so. We weren't happy. Six and nine was their record. There's there's starting to be a little bit of boost. Now, you could say it's really just a result of your opponent. And I'm not going to act as if they did not hand the Phillies a bunch more at-bats and a bunch more outs in innings and balls were dropping that realistically should have been routine plays and now they're wearing a bunch of runs but don't good teams do that if you weren't able to execute in those moments and score runs we'd be talking about how much of a disaster it is I'm not going to run away and now claim that these are 10 run teams every single night But I'm also not going to fault them for doing their job on a night-to-night basis when given a certain circumstance. Now, I wonder, because there's a lot of controversy right now surrounding pitchers and the balls and the way that MLB kind of has these balls right now. I know the Mets were specifically bringing up the fact that you don't you don't know the Met, the Mets pitcher I don't I don't know I don't know what's going on I have no idea how to handle this the first inning they're good the third inning they're bad the fifth inning they're all right the sixth inning they're bad so they're losing control that's more from getting hit and things like that but what about how the ball is flying this year or the lack thereof you never know with major league baseball It is a very strange, odd thing that they do to their sport, and it's a mess. 856-442-9805. We can take some calls if you choose to do so. Mike is waiting patiently. What's up, Mike? Not much, man. Just loving this baseball season already. We have a lot of teams already. It's 
Besides the Phillies, love the Phillies, but... Yeah, we're, we're having a little bit of some technical difficulties on your phone line, so I don't know if you want to hang up and try and call back, but it seemed very low, very muzzled, and it was hard to hear what exactly you were saying there, so I had to kind of pot you down, unfortunately. Um, in the chat, says, you were right, bro. It's a rough start does not mean that it's going to be doom. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, we're talking about a handful of games into 162. There's a difference between being disappointed and then the team being exactly that. The issues with the squad lasting forever. It's, okay, you're not playing well right now. You didn't get a big-time spring training the way that you would like to have a normal spring training. You got thrown into this. Let's see what happens. Bryce Harper has an elbow problem. Uh, Kyle Schwarber's hitting 100. Bryce Harper's hitting 111. Guys weren't hitting the ball. I just don't know how you're going to succeed when guys weren't hitting the ball. You also had pitchers having to rework their arms and get themselves in a position to feel the most comfortable. Maybe Zach Eflin didn't have that. Maybe Zach Wheeler didn't have that. Aaron Nola, you're getting the Aaron Nola experience, which is dominance mixed in with uh, a face palm, if you will, when you want to put your hands in your in your face because you're just disappointed in his efforts and two strike issues and all of that, which is always going to play a role. But now you're seeing Zach Eflin give you what you need, which is just steady, solid play. And six innings, one earned run, two hits. That's a good day at the office. They're playing aggressive, too. I like that. They're creating their own buzz. Stealing, taking second, ba second base, trying to snag another base. Sometimes it ends up hurting you, and you get thrown out. It is what it is. I'll live with the aggressive mindset, though, because good teams, they put themselves in those positions. They do. They take that second base. They grab that. They bring that hustle. They bring that energy. And then it forces the other team to be running out to right field knowing that you're probably going for three. That rushes them. Now it throws them out of whack. Now the ball's not going exactly where they want because you're applying pressure just because they're already aware that you're a team that if given just maybe a half a second or maybe a quarter of a second to maybe stretch it, they're going to take that half a second. And now they're still in second base and Bryce Harper JT I love their approach right now when it comes to getting on bags and then seeing if you could apply the pressure to the other team's defense so keep that going that's something that I think generates good baseball and it is a recipe for success when it comes to trying to handle runs especially when you know that this team can rake as it is but it seems they're kind of trying to adjust to not just the long ball and you're seeing a lot of better results when that's the case. It's not home run every single time they're at the plate. I think this team is starting to find a little groove. They're starting to get comfortable in where they're hitting in the lineup. They're starting to get a feel-out process. And Alec Bohm batting where he's at. This kid's exit velocity, you could talk about his batting average, which right now is still great. His batting average is 316. He's got an 822 OPS. 12 hits, one homer, 11 RBI. His exit velocity is unbelievable. He has 
roped balls that were absolutely crushed. I mean, balls that were crushed, and they're just landing right in the glove of some defenders. Now, sometimes that bothers me when people use that because, well, if you're hitting it to straight center, straight center field, straightaway center, and yeah, there's defenders there because that's baseball, and there's always going to be a defender in straightaway center field. It doesn't matter how hard it's hit. But with that said, if he consistently keeps this up where he's barreling up the baseball as efficiently as he is, eventually these should drop around the diamond even more. I mean, you're hitting over 300. That in its own right is special. So how much more can I be demanding? Right? 360, 350 compared to around 310? I mean, 310 is as, as aggressive as aggressive could get considering how difficult it is to hit 310. But that's how solid he has been that's how well he's seeing the baseball right now and he's not trying to do too much with it either if he needs to go the other way he'll go the other way I would like more power though one home run I remember in years past we talked about how it was months months his last home run was four months ago three months ago wow how could it possibly take that long to hit it over the wall when you have that type of body frame but he was lost mentally he was defeated all around and that was obviously something that we have monitored throughout last season's struggles. If he keeps this up, I'm not going to bark about the homer numbers. I just expect the homer numbers to be there a little bit more in general when discussing Alec Bohm. But who knows? Maybe that's all part of just like defensively. There's a process involved and eventually it will shine how much time he's put in and how much work he's dedicated to getting better as a defender maybe same will happen with this offense too which is right now let's not overcomplicate anything let's not overwork let's not overthink about just hitting homers go up there see ball hit ball let it come naturally and then from there we can work on adding that power and, and getting it exactly where it needs to go over over the wall but um, he is crushing the baseball there's no denying it at all yeah, he does have a lot of sack flies. There's no doubt about it. He has a lot of sack flies going on. Pink Orange chimes in and says, Bohm looks so much more comfortable at the plate than he did last year. Well, that's the Kevin Long experience. There were people who wanted Kevin Long fired after the first 15 games because they were not excited about the way that the team was swinging the bat as if he was the reason why they just weren't playing well at that point. No, Kevin Long is regarded as one of the best hitting coaches in all of baseball. Give me Kevin Long any single day of the week in my organization. I think Alec Bohm is a great example of that. Eventually, when Kyle Schwarber gets going and starts hitting even more dings than he already has, he needs to get that average up for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a work in progress when you're working with a new guy. I hate to break it to you. Baseball is not as simple where you bring in a new hitting coach and then everybody's fixed within the first month of the season. Everybody's just automatically their best version of themselves and everything you're trying to tweak and everything you're trying to add and adjust within somebody's swing is just perfectly going to be 
absolutely perfect the way that you want it to be within one month. It's like golf. Tiger Woods is still tweaking his swing. Dustin Johnson is still figuring things out. Rory McIlroy, all these guys, Brooks Kepka. I mean, it's nonstop angles and nonstop, you know, their hips. It's literally something new all the time. In baseball, it's similar. And when you're working with Kevin Long, a whole new hitting coach, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for them not only to figure out what they want to do, but then, okay, how do we get that to play out and for you to have those at bat? Now you got to go through the growing pains of figuring out what we're trying to tweak. So there's a lot. There's a lot involved all around. TK421 says, this lineup is going to be so good when Mickey Moniak comes back. Well, I mean, I don't know what it's going to be like, but Odubo Herrera giving you two for four, a double, a homer, a couple RBIs, and scoring a few runs. I don't know how much better you're going to get than that. I'm not telling you I want Odubo to be playing over Mickey Moniak. If I can choose, I prefer Mickey Moniak running away with the job. But I'm just telling you that Odubo Herrera hit 260 last year. And if you have someone who's hitting 260 in your ninth hole who can give you anywhere from 10 to 15 homers, if I'm going to be fair, I feel like that's a fair number to say, right? I mean, does he have the uh, the chance to do 20? I mean, I, I wouldn't fall over in shock. If Odubo Herrera did that, because I'm, I'm, I know that he's capable of hitting home runs, but if your ninth hole hitter is giving you 10 to 15 and 260, then Odubel is a fine option out in center field. We'll see what happens with that injury, though, when Mickey Moniak comes back. He deserves time to see if he can play after what he did and the damage that was done in spring training. But Odubel might be the best answer. Well, sure, you could talk about Odubo's off-the-field issues, no doubt about it. I'm talking strictly baseball because the Phillies have made it apparent. I'm not talking about me personally. The way the Phillies have handled Odubo Herrera to this point, they have no problem playing him. So if he's hitting 260 and hitting home runs, he's going to be playing. This is the second year now of Odubo Herrera. I think it's pretty clear the way that the Phillies and even the clubhouse, because last year we were wondering, what does the clubhouse think of Odubel? How is Bryce Harper going to acknowledge the situation and discuss the situation? And it seems internally that Odubo Herrera has gotten at least a, a little bit of uh, respect within that clubhouse back for them to not have as much of a problem with it, or they're just handling it as professionally as possible, and they're just going about their business, and they don't have respect for him, but I would imagine that he has done things to try and get everybody back on his side and realizing what happened was more of an outlier in Odubel Herrera's life than it is the norm, if you will. I don't know Odubel Herrera. I'm just talking about it from a clubhouse perspective and how they had to have handled it to even give the Phillies this position to be in. With Mickey Moniak, though, that's a good segue to get to Bryson Stott. And with Bryson Stott, he was sent down. It's the right move. It's the right move. When Alec Bohm and Bryson Stott both made the 40-man roster, I was confused on how this was going to be handled because I thought Bryson Stott would take the job and Alec Bohm would probably end up getting some reps in AAA to work on that swing that they were going to try and change so he could become a better hitter. Well, he 
absolutely stormed onto the scene with excellence this year. And it's what I thought would happen in terms of someone needing to go down. It was just the opposite player. Don't tell me Joe Girardi's a fool for not playing him because Joe Girardi is playing the best players he has right now. Whether it's Camargo, who's hitting over 300 and hitting home runs and knocking in RBIs and giving you insurance runs in big moments. Whether it's Didi Gregorius, who's hitting fine. And I do not understand why people hate him at all. But Didi Gregorius is looking a lot more like the normal Didi Gregorius than last year's pathetic version of Didi Gregorius. And it's not even close. So now all of a sudden we're going to get upset with Joe Girardi playing the better players right now than Stott. You know, I I remember talking to Bob Wankel. This was during the offseason. And we were talking about, is Stott going to be it? And he covers the Phillies for crossing broad. And he thought he would be up more because of necessity than because it's his time. Maybe it's a little too much of a jump. Not that he can't handle anything, but it didn't seem that he was fully ready yet, but it might have been due to necessity if Didi Gregorius wasn't good enough, if Alec Bohm was going to fall flat on his face again. What are your options? What is the alternative? And Bryson Stott could have been that answer there to kind of hold the fort while other guys were struggling. And yeah, I mean, now that we're kind of seeing that play out, I think that that's a fair assessment at the time. And you're seeing that now, which is when other guys play their best, they're worthy of playing there. And Bryson Stott is the man who's left out. Okay, go get your reps in AAA. And if you didn't see the story, Joe Girardi spoke to him about it. Joe Girardi was once a prospect that got sent down and he pouted and he was miserable and he was upset about it. And he let that dictate the way that he played down in the minors. And he there was this story about it on NBC Sports Philadelphia about how he had a one-on-one meeting with Bryson Stott about things and let him know, don't do what I did. Although Joe ended up having a, a, a pretty damn solid career after that, to be fair. To be fair. So, that's where we're at after these two straight games. Two straight wins, two straight victories. It's a four-game set. They play tonight, Wednesday night. They play Thursday afternoon. There's a lot going on, so I'm going to try my best to figure out how I'm going to recap these next two games because we have Sixers game six on Thursday night. We have the NFL draft on Thursday night, which means Friday. We're going to have to figure out when to, uh, when we're doing Eagle stuff, when we got to mix in the fills before their weekend series starts with the Mets. We got the Sixers Raptors. There's a lot. I'm going to do my best to try and get everything in there, but it is going to be a jumble. Friday night, I got a wedding. Thursday night, I'm going to be live at Bet Rivers Casino for 97.5, the Fanatics watch party for the first half of game six. So it, it's going to be a lot of moving around, but I will do my best. That's for sure. All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this morning while drinking a nice cup of joe and i will see you guys next time